Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Conversations with the Rabbi with Rabbi Scott Hausen-Weiss from Congregation Shmach Kalenu. Rabbi Scott, last time and multiple times that we've done this show, we've talked about some pretty heavy, weighty topics having to do with current events and the like, but it's summertime and summer is fun, and one of your favorite summer camp traditions, summer traditions, is summer camp. You've had generations of of people in your family go to summer camp. You talk about it all the time, and what makes it so special is that it's a Jewish summer camp that you now send your boys to, and what what is so special about Jewish camp in the summer. So many Jewish children go to these camps and so many don't. Um, what makes it special and worthwhile? So my boys, Abraham and Sammy, uh, you know, definitely have grown up at Jewish summer camp. And when I say that, you know, obviously it doesn't mean that they've lived there year-round. They would only go for initially when they were real little, 10 days, and then they'd go for, you know, three and a half weeks. And, um, you know, but right now, and you know, it's it's bittersweet for me because uh, you know Abraham is sort of aged out, and Sammy's in his last summer um, as a summer camper, so he's there for six weeks. Um, they go to this uh, camp, you know, the last place in the world you'd ever imagine a Jewish summer camp, and it's called the Henry S. Jacobs uh, Camp, and it's in Utica, Mississippi, which is forty miles south of Jackson, Mississippi, uh, literally. Literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, most people don't really think about Jews when they think about Mississippi either. No, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they, um, but when I say they grew up there, I mean it's. What I really, I think you know, Natalie and I both uh, believe that they, they grew in 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 those three week periods of time. You know, they grew in in, in substantially important ways. They would come home um, and you would notice a difference. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. In terms of their. Uh, just in so many different ways, how they, uh, how they, how they've learned to treat other people, um, just the fact of living with people for a good period of time in a more of a public, you know, in, in, a, in a cabin, um, it's not public, public, but you know, and you know the cooperation that's required, um, uh, the leadership skills that you can develop. Um, they just uh, they've 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 thrived there, and I and so when you know I've always said I I grew up at Jewish summer camp, and it's a funny way to describe it, but I think that it's 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 a great it's you know, it's a very important way to explain it, because indeed uh, we grow in in these significant ways. Uh, especially in these in this kind of environment. So other summer camps, I think about water skiing, I think about swimming, gymnastics, high ropes. What what is Jacob's camp or other Jewish camps offer in that way, and what do they offer that's different? Why would I send my kid to a Jewish camp as opposed to any other summer camp? Yeah, so it's interesting. So the, we we always make a distinction between uh, you know there are, uh, there are, there are Jewish camps and then there are camps for Jewish kids and. You know, camp for Jewish kids is a you know, camp where there might, there might be a lot of Jewish kids that go there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the, uh, that the, that the societal uh, you know, organism of the place is, is, Jewish. is, is Jewish or, is, or leads you know, with Jewish values and, and Jewish tradition. Um, you know, they attend a Jewish summer camp. It's part of the reform movement of, um, of Judaism in the United States. And they, uh, so they, there's so many different activities, but they don't have all of the uh, big and, 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 and shiny activities that, you know, a lot of other summer camps. So there's, there isn't any water skiing. Um, 
you know, there, I think there is a little bit of gymnastics, meaning they have like a, they have like a, you know, a couple of elements in yeah. the gym. Um, but this, you know, this gym is, 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 is probably 50 years old and it's not air conditioned and it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not high flying right. camp. Um, but what they do there is, uh, is a mixture of so much uh, self-development and growth in a particular area, uh, whether it's sports, uh, they have um, they can pursue arts and crafts. They can pl- or, uh, um, uh, they can pursue uh, adventure, which includes the high ropes and the tower and all that. Uh, they can per- they can pursue they can actually pursue STEM, uh, science, technology, wow. engineering, and and math. You know, in a, you know they can they can learn to uh, do robotics. I mean, they can learn to, so. There's so many different things that they can do as part of their activities. But then those activities are are um, filled with opportunities to learn and talk about uh, Judaism and Jewish values. Uh, yeah. So when you said that um, the camp also brings um, and uh, it it brings Jewish life into the everyday, how does it do that, and what does it teach these children? Um, how do they transform when they come home in tor- in terms of values that they learn and mm. Jewish traditions? Gosh, there's so there's so many ways. Uh, two ways that I would say are really good examples and one's um, very very explicit and one's more um, sometimes not all the time but, but oftentimes implicit and the, so the explicit is, is Shabbat you know Shabbat is this uh, tremendously powerful meaningful experience that isn't uh, governed by uh, very 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 traditional models of Shabbat observance so Lights are still on, and guitars are still played, and uh, the camp doesn't shut down from technology any more than it it shuts down from technology under under normal circumstances. But what happens is you have the kids walking from different ends of the of the, of the camp, led by counselors and song leaders, all dressed in white, walking towards the center of camp, singing until they all arrive together. And they and then they they gather on a big lawn, and they sing a little bit more. Sometimes someone tells a story. They do a special blessing. Uh, at this in this particular camp, they have these cabin talits, prayer shawls that the counselors hold above the kids' heads. And their a, a blessing is offered on on behalf of them, as a cabin. And you know the. It's incredible because you're dealing with kids who range from probably six or seven to fifteen who are mm-hmm. campers. Um, you know, by the time you get to kids who are eleven or twelve through fifteen, the potential to have them have a little bit of attitude uh, is higher. Yeah, it's much higher. Right. And for the most part, I rarely see even one kid not really embrace and accept this experience and sort of know that in this context, in this place with these people, you know, I'm, I, I can, I can let myself be blessed, you know? So what's coming to mind for me when I'm hearing about this is that this kind of lifestyle where Judaism is embedded in our everyday lives and in our, into our schedules, this is something we think of more when we think about Orthodox Jews because mm, right. Reformed Jews don't have really that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really a place for Reformed Jews to be really Jewish. And being really Jewish doesn't have anything to do with what denomination you're part of. Absolutely. So how do we take that home with us? Or how do we 
how do we incorporate that into our lives if we don't go to camp or if we're like maybe right. 28 years old and can't go? Yeah, yeah. They might hire you. <laughs> they might. They might. Uh, I bet you they would. Maybe, um, maybe soon I might apply. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that remind that brings me back to, to the other piece, which is more of the implicit uh, curriculum, which or implicit part of the, the experience. And that is, uh, so I just had a tremendously powerful time being at camp for the last last week and one of the issues that came up was a, an issue of some some bullying that was happening at the camp and um, it's not this is not common usually you know that stuff is generally left at home but when you bring lots lots of people together and lots of people who are trying to figure each other out you know that could happen. happen yeah but what I found so powerful was watching how the leadership at the camp from counselors to unit heads all the way up to the director took this issue of bullying with such seriousness uh, it, you, it, was, it may as well have been um, I don't know an issue of, of if somebody had heard that there was toxic waste on the, uh, on the property you know it, it was that level of seriousness because I would say I think they perceived it as toxic waste, right? That it was that it, it's insidious, and that kind of behavior can really undermine what they're trying to do. But they were really thoughtful about it. They didn't just jump into it. They didn't try to just end it without really thinking it through. But they sort of started asking questions, and what's going on, and how is this, and how do we how do we get here, and how do we bring the best of Jewish tradition, of dignity and respect and uh, understanding what it means to create an organically uh, supportive community, right? So I think those pieces, the kids get more implicitly than explicitly, but I think that's what I mean when I talk about them now they grew up at camp. What do we bring home? Well, so what's interesting is I think being at camp is more like living in Israel than it is about being Orthodox, in the sense that being at camp, you're doing all sorts of things. And Judaism infuses it all in little ways and in big ways. So you go and you sit down at at, at um, for the in the dining hall, and nobody eats until they all sing motzi, and then nobody leaves the room until they sing Birkat Hamazon, the, mm-hmm. the the blessing over the over the meal at the at the end of the meal. Uh, they sing Jewish songs. They sing other songs that are just part of the environment. They but then they also get to excel in all these different areas that are about their own self development. All of it supported, you know, by Jewish tradition. So, in in certain ways, when people say, "Well, how do I bring this home?" I'd say, "Well, make Shabbat. Yeah. You know, make Shabbat happen. That doesn't mean have to mean a big cooked meal every Friday. You know, with your, you know, with maybe you're saying a prayer before you eat bread. Yeah, or, may, or you, you know, I, I'd say it's I'd say it's it's candles. Yeah, I think candles, even more than the wine. If you can do candles, wine, and and motzi over the bread. Fabulous, yeah. right? But the candles, I think, are, are really special because they definitely mark a distinction between, between Shabbat and, you know, and the rest of the week. Anyway, there's so many things, but I think the reason why I find Jewish summer camp so crucially important is because American kids, American Jewish kids, get to live in a Jewish world. Not a Jewish religious world, um, not like a Jewish culturally yeah, Jewish yeah. well I'd say it's cultural and religious uh-huh. there's there's nationalistic aspects I mean there's there, I, think they have, I think 11 
eleven council, eleven staff members were are f- were from Israel. Uh-huh. You know, were living there, and and you walk around and you see all these, you know, see lots of Hebrew. You know, uh, t- teaching kids about what the Hebrew word is for different things, but also blessings on mosaics and arts and crafts. So you you walk into this this Jewish world. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and look, if if you can do it in Utica, Mississippi. You can do it anywhere. You can do it anywhere. That's the moral of the story. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us today. That's all the time we have, but we hope you join us again next time for Conversations with the Rabbi. You can learn more about Rabbi Scott Hausman Weiss by visiting him anytime on the web at schmockalinu.com.